Mark Twain was quoted as saying, when I was 14 years old, my father was so ignorant that I couldn't stand to have the old man around. But when I turned 21, I was amazed at how much the old man had learned. Honor means to weigh down with value, with prestige, with virtue, with understanding that there's a, a weight about this person. Whatever happened to honor? I haven't watched much recent TV, but I remember growing up and you would turn on a show like The Simpsons and you would see Bart Simpson, the poster child for disobedience to parents. I've uh, sometimes in the evening when we put the kids to bed, Catherine and I will turn on and uh, we'll catch an old episode of uh, of Home Improvement. And Brandon, or no, Randy, Brad, and Mark, those three boys would treat sometimes their parents with the greatest dishonor that they possibly could. It was all in the name of comedy, of course. But at the same time, you understand that a lot of the comedies do is satirize the way it is that people are viewed. And so it is that in a lot of cases you have in the movies, on TV shows, parents that will lay down and say, this is what is going to be responsible, this is what's going to be important for our families. And then in a lot of cases, Disney especially, you'll find sometimes that the kids will decide to do what's dishonoring to their parents. They will be disobedient to their parents to go off on some adventure or do something. And when they come back, strangely enough, the parents aren't mad, but they are relieved. In fact, the parents will treat it as an arbitrary rule to say, we know you disobeyed, but it was for a good cause. Brothers and sisters, that is not honor. That is not honoring parents. When God put this commandment as the first of the social relationships, you remember as we move through the, the Ten Commandments, the first four, have no other gods before me. Don't make any graven image. Uh, number three, which was uh, tell tongues to refrain. Don't, don't take the name of the Lord God in vain. Keep the Sabbath holy. Don't you do any work as we sang with our kids a little while ago. Each one of those has some special relationship to honoring God and putting him in the right place. Is it any wonder then, as he begins to talk about relationally, the horizontal relationships we have in this life, that he begins with what happens at home first, in honoring father and mother, that it may go well with you, and that you can may live a long life, that you may live a long time in the land. Our society, in a lot of cases, has taken the honor that's due parents and has removed that altogether. Here are four points about honoring our parents, honoring our father and mother that we would do well to consider. First thing we would do well to consider is the gravity of this commandment. Honor your father and mother, it's gravity. Note just for a moment that God places the fate of a nation with really how it honors its parents, how it treats mom and dad. When you look at there in Exodus 20 verse 12, you see that commandment, honor your father and mother. There's the commandment, uh, number five. If you look across the page in your Bible, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find stiff, even capital punishment for the children who choose not to honor their father and their mother. Look at Exodus 20, and, or excuse me, Exodus 21 and verse 15. He says, he who strikes father or mother shall be what? Put to death. That's a capital crime to hit mom or dad. Look a couple of verses later, down in verse uh, 17. He who curses father or mother shall be put to death. It's a capital crime to speak 
words of cursing against the people that brought you into this world. If you want to write down a cross-reference, you can write down Deuteronomy chapter 28.1. Deuteronomy 21 verses 18 through 21 talks about stubbornness, talks about laziness. Here's a mom and dad, a Hebrew mom and dad, and they have this child that just won't work. And in fact, in Deuteronomy 21, it connects it to him being a drunkard and a lazy person, a glutton and a drunkard. And what they're to do is take that child before the elders of the city at the gates of the city and say, this our son is stubborn. He refuses to work. He refuses to get a job. He will not honor what mom and dad are telling him. And it is that in the sight of all those people, they would stone him to death. God is not doing these things arbitrarily. What God is showing us is that in a lot of cases, what he's doing is he's shaping the national conscience of the Israelites to realize that they need to take his commands very, very seriously. Training the children, children from the parents' perspective was a great, great priority. We don't have to go look any further than Deuteronomy chapter 6 where it talks about Moses saying, These things I command you today, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house and walk on the way and lie down and rise up. You shall bind them as, as a sign on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes. In essence, the parent's job in this, in this environment is to teach the children the word of God, to put it everywhere so that they can absorb it. They're all around it. God knew that the only fate and the only choice that Israel had to exist and to continue as a nation was to honor him by first looking to mom and dad who were teaching them about the God that they served. Note this also, to dishonor parents is equal to dishonoring God. To dishonor parents is to dishonor God. Look over just for a moment in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, our kids are studying through Mark, and they'll get to this actually next week, this same episode. But Jesus in Matthew 15 had this episode where the uh, Pharisees come to him, and you remember what they were doing was they were looking at Jesus and his disciples, and they were saying, why do your disciples not wash their hands before they eat? They're transgressing the tradition of our fathers. Jesus, why is it that you're allowing this? And Jesus takes the opportunity and turns it around to verse 3, and he says, why do you transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Note what he says there in Exodus, or excuse me, Matthew 15 and verse 4. For God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. That's Exodus 21, which we just looked at. But you say to, whoever, to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God that he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect for the sake of your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouths, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Note that what Jesus is connecting here is the honoring of father and mother with the, or their failure to honor father and mother with the dishonoring of God. It's a serious thing to look at and to say, I'm going to look with scorn and contempt on my father and mother. But what you're really doing is you're looking with scorn and contempt upon the God of heaven. God takes it personally when we do that, if we need not feel like we need to honor father and mother. Note number two, what does it mean to honor father and mother? What is the meaning of honoring father and mother? It means specifically, Practically, 
obedience when you're under your parents' authority. Philip read from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. One of the very first scriptures that I learned in Bible class. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he goes on in verse 2 and 3 to talk about the promise of Exodus 20 and verse 12, honoring your father and your mother. There comes a time, young people, when you are going to leave the home and cleave unto whoever it is that you choose as your spouse. Again, when I grow up, I'm going to marry a faithful Christian. I hope that's the desire, and I hope it is that you'll instill that, that I want to marry somebody with the same values and the same system. But while it is that you're at home, and while it is that you're under your parents' authority, you have a responsibility to treat mom and dad with honor. What does that look like? We talked about that several weeks ago when we talked about use of the tongue. It means no back talk. It means doing what they said for the reason that they said it. It means doing things with a good attitude, submitting to them. It means looking at them and saying, I'm going to continue obedience and I'm going to cultivate an attitude of obedience towards my parents because that's right. That's the responsibility. But when you're in the home, children honor your parents by obedience. What it also means is we recognize and we appreciate the right choices and sacrifices that our parents have made. The right choices and the sacrifices that our parents have made. You know, we're not talking about endorsing sin. We're not talking about parents that are irresponsible with their tasks. We're not talking about uh, uh, being glad about irresponsible behavior. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 6 says we don't rejoice in iniquity, but we rejoice in truth. But you know, the truth is, is that sometimes we as children have a tendency to sit in a harsh, judgmental attitude towards our parents and towards the way that they raised us or the ways that they talk to us or the ways they do those things. And we like to try and keep a mental jury box where we sit there and we have our parents on the stand where we're throwing accusations about why they did certain things or why they didn't do certain things. Matthew 7 verse 2 says, with what standard you measure other people, it's going to be measured back to you. With what judgment you judge others, it's going to be measured also to you. You know, Jesus' parents were not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but Jesus still honored them, and he still treated them with respect. What does it mean? It means we choose to value the relationship. Honor, to weigh down with respect, to weigh down with value, to weigh down with worth. Sometimes as you get older, it's easier to have the attitude towards your parents. Well, I don't care about you. You're not necessarily a part of my life anymore. I'm going to maybe push you to the back burner, and if things come up, maybe I'll send you a Christmas card, but that's not honoring parents. What you're doing is, in meaning and realizing the meaning of honoring parents, it means you're taking initiative to give the respect and worth and prestige and value. Well, parents, we get the blame a whole lot of times for a lot of different things, don't we? And especially as you get older, sometimes it is you have kids that will look at you and say, why weren't you more this way? Why weren't you more that way? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you had a child call you up and every now and again that said, Mom, Dad, I really appreciate you pushing me to reach my potential. I didn't always like it, but I appreciate that. Mom and Dad, I really appreciate the way it was that you treated me in this difficult time in my life. Thank you for that. You think parents would like to hear that occasionally? I do. What does that mean? That means that I'm honoring my father and my mother the way that Exodus 20 verse 12 says. 
Note this also. Can't just look at the start of the, uh, the what it means to, or the, the object or the weight of honor. We can't just look at the meaning, but we've also got to look sometimes at our own obstacles to getting past this. What are some obstacles to honoring father and mother? One of those things may be a lack of growth. A lack of growth. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, Paul is speaking about spiritual gifts primarily. But the context in which he speaks it, that's what he's talking about, is, is how we grow beyond needing the scaffolding of these spiritual gifts that were given to the early church. But the principle still stands. As Paul says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Sometimes we can be so busy cultivating an attitude of selfish and anger and pride and bitterness against our father and our mother than it is that we fail to understand that we have a responsibility to honor father and mother. Colossians 3 says we need to put away our selfishness and our pride and our anger. And we need to put on love and humility and kindness and meekness and all those things and the bond of love which is a bond of perfection. Oh, there's some people that don't speak kind words to their parents. There are some Christians that don't speak and can't speak a peaceable word to mom and dad. To those people, God says, grow up. Grow up. We keep parents sometimes in the courtroom of our minds, we mentioned just a moment ago. James chapter 2 and verse 13 says, Judgment will be without mercy to him who shows no mercy. And when we just take the time and we dwell on what's wrong and what was what malfunctioned in our home life when we were growing up or maybe when we were older, well, that's going to keep us from honoring others as we should. Sometimes it is we make excuses. I direct your attention back to what we just read from Matthew chapter 15. Sometimes it is we have perfectly legitimate reasons, we feel like, for not wanting to show mom or dad honor. Those Pharisees did. They said, God, um, I understand that I'm supposed to honor father and mother, but what better way to honor father and mother than to take their support in their old age, and we're going to take that and we're going to make it Corbin, a gift to God. Mom, dad, sorry, you're out of luck. But we've done this wonderful thing in, in God's in your name, and we've, we've uh, given this gift to God. That's not honoring, Jesus says. But we can come up with some really big excuses and really seems like good excuses for not wanting to honor our parents, especially as they get older. Well, you know, we're just so busy. You know, if, if I, we just had a spare moment, it would be that we'd call them or we'd drive on up and then go and visit. But there are just so many things that are going on in our life that I just can't even spare a text message. I can't spare a phone call. I can't spare a, a Facebook message to say, happy birthday, or I'm thinking about you. We can make a lot of good excuses. I say good. We can make a lot of excuses in our lives for failing to honor father and mother. Maybe it is that we've cultivated an unforgiving heart. An unforgiving heart. Peter comes to Jesus on the occasion of Matthew 18 and says, Lord, how many times should I forgive a brother who sins against me? Up to seven times? Peter thought he was being really generous, didn't he? And Jesus came back and said, not seven times, but 70 times seven. He goes on to tell the parable about the king that's going to settle accounts, and he calls this man who owes him 10,000 talents. Man has no ability to pay. King says, go take him and throw him into the prison. The man begins to fall down and beg and plead, and the king says, I forgive you your debt. Immediately, that man goes out. 
And he goes and he finds somebody, another fellow slave that owes him a hundred days wage, a hundred denarii. And he begins to choke him and say, pay back what you owe. And the man says, give me time. I'll repay all. He says, nope, that's it. And he throws him into prison. The king calls that man back, says, shouldn't you have forgiven because you had been forgiven? That's a weight of what Jesus says in Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. If you won't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father, your Heavenly Father, forgive you of your trespasses. It's going to affect our relationship with God Himself if we cultivate an unforgiving heart towards those who have wronged us. What about the rewards, the blessings? The blessings of honoring a father and mother. Number one, brothers and sisters, we become more Christ-like. We become more Christ-like. Paul quotes Jesus, who is not quoted in any of the other gospel accounts in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And he says, I don't want you to forget the words of the Lord Jesus, who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What if instead of a harsh, critical mindset towards our parents, we gave grace? And said, by no means were they perfect, but I knew they loved me and I knew they had my best interest at heart. Maybe not all the time, but we can offer and we can show grace because it's more blessed to give than to receive. We need to give honor to whom honor is due. Being a parent is one of the most selfless roles that a person can have. All together, from the very time that you're holding that baby in its arm, in your arms, that small child, as it begins to grow, you know what? <laughs> that child doesn't necessarily do anything for the parents, that is physically, to begin with. A child doesn't do anything as far as contributing to the needs of the household. In fact, what it is, is the child begins to suck some of the resources away. And it doesn't stop. Even after you reach the age of 18, you continue to suck and suck all the resources away. And it is that through college and through supporting and through all those different things, you have parents that selflessly give and give and give and give so that it is that you can have and have and have and have. Again, imperfect? Yes, absolutely. But somebody, people, worthy of honor? The answer is yes, absolutely. We have no right to mistreat those people who have given and given and given and given. You know why? Because we have a God who has given and given and given and given. And he wants us to honor father and mother. There is a general principle attached in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. A general principle, there is the blessing of a long life. Kids, teenagers, I want you to understand something. Respect for authority begins at home. Respect for the rules begins at home. If I have no respect for the rules at home, you know what type of person I'm going to grow up to be? A person who doesn't respect the rules of society. You know, we have a special place for people who don't respect the rules in society. You know what we call it? Prison, jail. It's exactly right. And if it is that we don't learn those things... What God is showing here is saying you give a healthy respect to the boundaries that are in place where you can have a place where you can grow and flourish so that you can become, as it were, a productive member of society. Again, generally speaking, and live a long life here on this earth because you've got a healthy respect for the boundaries that are set for you. If I don't ever cultivate that beginning at home, things are not going to go well. Things are not going to go well at all. 
You'll be happy to know, young people, and I'm speaking specifically to you, and uh, there, I know there's others that are around here um, that are not necessarily in this section. You'll be happy to know that this commandment doesn't talk about you always hanging out with mom or dad. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, being happy when they're walking right next to you in a public place. It doesn't have anything to do with you laughing or not laughing at dad jokes. Okay? It doesn't have anything to, to do as far as um, um, you know, respecting mom as she begins to try and embarrass you while you're driving down the road and you know, moving her hands and, and car dancing, as it were. I don't know. But it does say to honor them. As opposed to a stubborn, rebellious attitude, not listening, refusing to follow. You have the blessing of God and saying you have the ability to live a long life. I recognize that a lot of this, this may not necessarily apply to us because our parents have passed on into eternity. I may recognize speaking this this evening and honoring your father and mother to say that it is that some of us have parents that, well, we don't know who they are. I know that it is that we've got parents that were in difficult situations. But what I also understand is the church time and time again is referred to as a family of God. In fact, Jesus would talk about the doing of the will of God being likened to having a kinship with him. The one who does the will of my father, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. Kinship terms are so frequently used in the New Testament church, and Paul would talk about himself as a spiritual father with, with children. Are there people, even today, even if I don't have a father and mother that are alive here on this earth that I can honor with my words or my actions, aren't there people that are my spiritual family, my spiritual fathers and mothers, that I can show that same honor to and that same uh, respect and worth and weigh them down with value? There are opportunities all of us follow these commandments. But we have a Heavenly Father to honor and all the family of God to love and serve. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. God in heaven, we're so thankful for parents. We're so thankful, Father, for the divine plan of the family that you put into place. But we also know, Father, that in our world, it is that so many are growing up with single-parent households, that so many children are growing up without the blessing of a godly father and mother. And Father, we know that the hope for mankind is the gospel of Jesus Christ to change us from the inside out, to take what's broken and to make it new, to take what's broken and make it something that honors you completely. God in heaven, as we share the gospel with others and as we reach out with our feeble efforts, recognizing, God, that you'll bless us as we act in faith, we ask, God, that you would help us to point to Jesus, to point to your perfect law of liberty that can help change us from the inside out, that can help change our families from the inside out. God, give us grace to honor our father and mother even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe there's somebody here this evening who would like to obey the gospel. What a wonderful way to end a Sunday. Maybe it is that you need the prayers and the encouragement of the church. We'd love to pray with you and for you, help you in whatever way possible. Won't you make your need known as we stand and sing our invitation song?